Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, Lee. Well, kid. How are you getting on? How's the old lad getting on? Well, how are you now, Ske? You're yeah, legends. Situation. Scarlet for your man for having you. Leave a bleed now. Your man up the road is some header. It's your man. He's bleeding massive. I'm a busy man. What is the crack? How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Tis Yourself, the podcast with me, Nicola Barton, little presenter, producer, guest arranger, dog's body, all round Egypt. Hope all is well with you. It is absolutely freezing, freezing. If you are listening to this in Ireland, and I'm going to assume the UK as well, I hope all the toy show hangovers are uh, okay, the sugar rushes. Did you all didn't stay up too late watching tubs and all the crack last night with the Lion King and I did. So yeah, yeah, it's a bit, a bit wrecked. But anyway, uh, I'm very, very excited about my episode today. Um, this, if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard me bring up Peaky Blinders probably like it nearly every episode. Whenever I'm talking to an actor, I'll always kind of compare it to me watching Peaky Blinders or whatever, and I've brought up Kelly Murphy and different people throughout different episodes and my next guest is one of the many Irish that are on the Peaky Blinders set so obviously there's Emmett Scanlon, Killian Murphy, um, Andrew Byrne who is the director and my guest the fabulous Paggy Lee who plays Johnny Dogs. So a few years ago a couple of years back uh, I interviewed Paggy by Peaky Blinders for the Irish Sun and uh, we had a really good chat and he told me all about how when he was in school in Belfast growing up and he decided he wanted to be an actor like his parents were called and you know they were they were basically told he needs a bit of cop on you know this isn't going to be a career for him and he needs to go into you know something that can actually be a trade uh, something that he can take away when he finishes school so he ended up switching schools and safe to say he's proved those teachers wrong and he is you know he's been in so many amazing things he's been in the Netflix Netflix series The Witcher um, which you can obviously see now. He's been in King of the Travellers uh, beside um, John Connors and Peter Coonan from Love Hate. Um, and he's in this little tiny BBC show called Peak Blinders. Yeah, okay. He is Johnny Dogs. He's Killian Murphy, aka Tommy Shelby's right-hand man. He is just an iconic character and I absolutely am so obsessed with Peaky Blinders and I, I'm on countdown until they can just give us the date that it's coming next year um, all they've said is early 2022 I'm like I need a date because I need something to look forward to in the most depressing month of the year January um, so I was so honoured to get a chance to chat to Paki again um, we were talking about his new film Freefall which is a short film it's only 17 and a half minutes long I think and it's really, really good. And I never thought I'd really be that interested in short films. I thought like I have seen them and they're good, but I kind of always would have thought that you can't, I know, invest in it or that you're not invested in the characters. But honestly, I was so invested in this and the ending is so good that I'm really hoping that maybe they'll take it on, maybe bring it along to being a TV series or maybe to be a longer feature length film, which would be class because when you see it, you know what I mean. So it's on YouTube now and it's all about 9-11. 
And it's told from a completely different point of view than has been in anything related to 9-11 before. So that's really good to chat to. We chatted obviously about Killian and about Peaky Blinders and Paul Anderson and Sophie Rundle um, and the cast there. If you're a Peaky fan, you'll be dying to hear what he says about season six. And we talked about like his friendship with Virgil van Dyke, which I find absolutely gas. If you follow him on Instagram, uh, Packy, you'll see that he's always hanging about with him. And uh, what else did we talk about? Oh, there's loads. Look, I'm not going to give it all away, but he did say to me, uh, he might not have a career after chat to me. So it's uh, clearly a joke. You'll hear why. Um, it's just so lovely to talk to him. He's one of the good guys out there in the industry. He's so kind and funny and he doesn't have any ego and he's just yeah he's one of the good ones and you can see why you know he's well liked around and why he is a role model to Irish actors especially Northern Irish actors who are coming up and maybe don't think that they could ever make it in the industry so this is my chat with Packy Lee all about free fall Peaky Blinders and so much more Hiya Hello How are you? How's it going? There you are there you, you are. You yeah, you look you look great. <laughs> great. Well, you look great. There we are. We're off to a great start. There you are. It's been a frantic morning trying to get to the airport and get to the hotel and then trying to check in on time. So I'm sorry we're a bit late, but yeah, all good. Not at all. Where are you? Where have you checked into? I have landed in Birmingham. Yeah. Oh. I'm in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> Peaky yeah. Blinder Central. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it is indeed, yeah, but I'm here for something slightly different, but all good, you know, all good. Well, listen, I'm really appreciative of getting to chat to you again, and this time actually getting to see you while I'm chatting to you. Perfect, yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah, 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 yeah. How sick are you of Zooms? Tell me, what level are you at? Uh, I'm, I'm all right with Zoom, I'm all right. I mean, I'll just get on with it, like it's a WhatsApp video call, it won't annoy me at all. Um it doesn't really bother me uh, if there's 200, 400 or two people on the call. I'll, um, I'm here to do what I have to do and say what I have to say and, you know, acknowledge the rest, of course. Well, I've loads to chat to you about today. Um, but first of all, uh, we start off the podcast always kind of going, what do people know you best? So like the public, when they see you out in public, what do they most know you from? Um, what do they most know me from? Piggy Brenders, I suppose, is the most thing they know me from um which is great you know which is do great. they like do they recognize story. you because you obviously dress very different than johnny dogs like uh they do they do i i don't know if it's the years i don't know what it is they know they they people recognize me even with a mask on um it doesn't matter if i'm in the shopping center or reception downstairs they just notice and and some people's nice about it and i'll just say you know hello and other people are quite um you know, they want to they want to make you aware that uh, I don't care who you are. You know, oh. there's those type of you know, and and rightly so because they're type of people that haven't seen the show or you know, and total respect. But it's uh, you always get the mix, um, and it's always in the space of ten fifteen minutes of each other. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're built you're built up, and then you're knocked straight back down again. So that's that's how it runs. You know. <laughs> yeah, one person's like you're in the biggest show on the planet next person's like who are you yeah I don't care what you're in you know <laughs> <laughs> which is great that's reality that's it's also who we are is there um, is there something you've done like you know TV or, or film in your past that like if some if a fan come up to you and quote with that that you'd be really shocked by but you'd like really proud by because obviously a lot of people know Peaky but 
Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that know the likes of the, the mansion, maybe The Witcher. Mm. Um, they'll mention maybe um, King of the Travellers. Um, some of them will mention uh, Fruit Like a Butterfly. Uh, you know, listen, we're not here to go through my whole CV. You know, at the, you know, at the end of the day, like that, they're going to notice you from something or they won't notice you and it doesn't bother me at all. I'm not really one of them guys that really gets into it or occurs or... Um, there's many times I'm with friends who are other actors and they recognise them and don't recognise anything I've done and that's great because they're fans of theirs you know mm. and you've got to you've got to uh, respect that and accept it you know yeah like how do you find being known like you know you're a normal Irish lad you know suddenly like I know you've done so much before Peaky but that went to a new level of fame um yeah, I'm alright with it all. I don't mind. Look, I don't really look at it like that. Like, if anybody knows me, they know me very well. That I'm, I'm just doing a job. The only difference between my job and other people's job is that my job's um, in a TV show that's highly acclaimed, and I get that. But it's also in an environment where I'm pretending to be somebody uh, else. Um, and of course, everyone gets to watch it. The, the difference there is other people are working their backsides off and nobody gets to watch it, whether it's fixing your car, fixing the plumbing in your house, fixing the, the heating. You know, these guys are, are uh, you know, in their trades of trades, hairdressers, you name it, they're out there. So I don't look at my job as any different or any more important than anyone else's job. The only difference is that you get to see me do my work um, on, and it goes on TV if I'm lucky. Um, and sometimes uh, they don't get to see it because, you know, it won't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first job then that you got in acting? What was like, was it a play? Was it ad? What was it? Um, yeah, one of my first jobs was uh, a pantomime, um, Sleeping Beauty, which was great. I was uh, just turned 16 and that was great to get paid for doing the jobs you love doing. Um, but one of my... You know, one of the theatre jobs I'd done first was Marching On. It's a Gary Mitchell play. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed every minute and every aspect of it. It's, uh, everyone through the whole entire company um, was fantastic and helped me grow into that character because they knew this was sort of a debut for me to do this. Um, and then the train took off from the station and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. I'd say it was amazing to get a role like that because you can turn around to people and go, see, I can get paid for this. I know, yes, of course. But look, listen, if you've got them beliefs and them, the, the energy, the, the drive, whatever it is, then you don't need to prove anyone but yourself, you know. Um, but sometimes it is good to say to people, you know, honestly, you can make a living if you do it right, you know. Uh, but that's like every job again, I'll go back to that. You know, uh, take a mechanic, he'll earn a living from that if he's a good mechanic. Mm. But if he's not a good mechanic, he's not going to earn a living from that because he's not going to have many cars to fix, you know. Um, so that's the difference. And um, and I, that's how I look at it with all due respect, you know. Yeah. And like, was it always a thing when you became an actor, you're like, I'm going to have to leave Belfast, I'm going to have to leave the North and probably go to London? Because like we find that a lot with Irish actors, they have to leave Ireland nearly to make their name and then they can come home and do work here. You're not necessarily leaving, and I don't think anyone's leaving to make their name. Uh, you know, um, there's a, quite a difference between reality TV and people that want to be actors. What they're leaving for is an opportunity to mm. do a job that they can do at the highest level possible, and if possible, they they'll come home and 
they'll live at home because home's home. That's where the heart is. So and, and people who move away move away because they want to move away. That's so that that's how that is. I've always set out to not move away. I've always set out to have my kids in Ireland and and because of the flexibility of um, travel and getting from A to B compared to even twenty years ago, um, it's made things a hell of a lot easier. So. Um, and remember, uh, people come to Ireland to make their name. It's not the other way around, like Surprises you. <laughs> true, true. Look at all these shows and films being made here. Game of Thrones. Oh, no. Exactly. Lot. Yes, exactly. They're coming here to make their names, you know, which is a dream come true for any actor uh, growing up in Ireland as whole. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And we've got an amazing list of them that have come from, you know, North and South, like the list of actors yeah. that we have and the productions that are being made here and like... Compare, as you say, compared to 20 years ago when like it was a massive deal when, let's say, The Devil's Advocate or something was made here and like there'd be nothing again. Well, also, 20 years ago, you didn't have Netflix. 20 years ago, you didn't have many TV series that weren't the thing. It's, you know, the actors are trying to do theatre or we were, were setting out to do a movie. The, the industry's changed dramatically, as has it for many industries out there. And this has nothing to do with COVID at all. This is to do with the industry that has revolved and changed in a dramatic way. I mean, if I used to say to you 20 years ago, now what you're going to be watching, like, well, you're going to be watching people watching TV. I think you'll be watching. Understand? I get it. I, I will. I mean, I'll not be watching nobody watching TV. I'll be watching my own things. Yes, but on TV, you'll be watching people watching TV. Now, <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. we've got goggle box, and nobody ever says a bad word about it because I. It's great. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's your living room. It's every living room. It's brilliant. There's not a problem with it. It's just that concept. Wouldn't I? Don't think people would have understood it 20 years ago. Where now, if you you know you walk into a room and you've got an elevator lift to pitch something, and you go, "Listen, all I want to do is you know watch them and watch TV." People are listening. You know, reality yeah. TV. It's 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 a different world. Um, whereas um, I'm an actor. And as much as I'm in uh, the reality of world, I want to try and stay an actor. And a lot of people sometimes get confused with um, with that. And I'll be honest, but I, I love Peaky Brenders and I love the cast. I love everything about it. And I'm, I'm okay with people saying hello to me. But I didn't leave school wanting people to say hello to me so that people would recognize me. Mm. Uh, I left school wanting to chase a dream that people would respect the industry that I want to do and what I want to become uh, because they didn't back then. And there's a big difference in that, you know. Yeah, like I, I, could, I remember saying to you before, like the, the respect that's there for acting now was not there when you were the one, when you were telling people in school and stuff like that. And like now, yeah. if a, a young person in school says, I want to be an actor, people are going, okay, are you going to go to the Lear? Are you going to go to Trinity? Yeah. Where are you going to yeah. study it? Are you going to study it? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas back then, it's like it used to be get a career, get a degree, get a career, and do acting, and see how that goes on the side. Nearly, Look, a lot, a lot of people out there, and a lot of actors and friends of mine don't agree with doing anything but acting. But I have three kids to provide for, and I can't stand at Asda or any other shopping centre in the world and say, "Now listen, see, I really got the groceries." I haven't got that because I didn't get that part in that audition. But listen to me. It's all good. Because I'll get another part somewhere in the Can I throw that in It's not going to happen. That's not going to work in reality. You need to provide for yourself. If you have a family, you need to provide for them. This is this is reality. So 
it's not about your person thinking that you may not or may be a better actor mm. and you may be great or be a superstar or whatever. You're out just trying to do a job and if that doesn't work, you need to, you need to do something else that brings bread to the table. Um, that's, that's the difference in how I look at my job. And that's not because I don't want to be an actor or I won't devote my whole time to it. It's simply because rejection is very hard to take and add that with the rejection of finance, along with the rejection of not getting what you love doing, mm-hmm. it's hard to focus and, 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 and do anything. So I, I'm, I'm a believer in doing what you want to do and chasing your dreams, but I'm also a strong believer, and I say this, people don't really agree with me, a lot of them, uh, <laughs> but I'm a strong believer in doing something else and, and having a safety net that will sort of catch you before you hit the rock bottom of you know, not getting the jobs constantly, four years of no employment, depression sits in. These things happen. This happens. This is what happens. You don't leave drama school and think, oh, happy days, I'm getting a job. A lot of people leave drama school, friends of mine included, and don't get any jobs for like weeks, months, years. So I'm, I'm a strong believer in chasing your dream, but also trying to stay alive, realistically. Yeah. What was yeah. your then your side gig when you started out acting? What were you doing as well as that? So I was a chef for seven years. That's what I was. I was a chef and uh, I loved every single bit of it. Mm. And uh, my wife was the waitress and I fell ah. in love with her. And she has been on this wonderful journey uh, from the start with me and being my, my, my support and, and my wrath when it doesn't work out. And... Um, and then moved into a different job, which is uh, merchant services, which I enjoy doing. And I am continuing to do and will continue to enjoy doing in the free time that I have when I'm not doing other jobs. Yeah, That's great that you have that mentality because you're right. So many people will will say, I was in EastEnders and now I can't get a job. Well, I was in EastEnders, so I'm not going to get that job because people will go, there's your man from Tesco or from EastEnders. You're like, if, if it means you get paid and you have food for your kids, it won't matter. Like when I was shooting The Bill, which is a well-known TV show, was a well-known TV show, I was flying back and forward to work in the kitchen, cooking. And one of the weirdest things ever in that stage was that I was in working on the day that The Bill was being aired. <laughs> and they thought it would be great to put it on the TV in the restaurant while I'm in the kitchen, slugging my guts out, you know. And... You know, the restaurant enjoyed it, but it was a hard moment for me because, you know, I did that. And it's that reality of going, it doesn't matter what job you do. Mm. It may not work the next time or the next week or the next month, or the next year. So I always like to keep my feet firmly on the ground and um, and stay uh, focused on what is important in life for me personally. So when did you kind of take on acting full time? What was the role that kind of went to you? Like, was it King of the Travellers? Was it Peaky that you went, this is my sole focus now? I've always had me acting as full time. It's just that, um, you know, I can't stand on a mountain and shine a monologue at me and all of a sudden expect somebody to, where's the wages? You know, <laughs> you need a job. You need people to give you the work. If you don't have the work, you can't do it. So I'm still not in that position. I don't think I ever will. I'll continue to have my own day job and I'll continue to go for work. And if it works, then great. The flexibility that I have is that I have a business that I can attend to no matter where I am around the world. And I have people help me run that, which is fantastic. 
That is good. And as you say, if you, if, if one day comes along that you're like, I'm done with this, the rejection or the chasing, that you can go and go, well, I, I don't have to start all over. I have this here anyway. Well, I'm not a footballer. I'm not in, you know, I don't have a certain limit on, on my career. I'm not a boxer. I don't have 20 fights. And, you know, mm. I, have, uh, I have the career that's long lasting as long as my health um, stays with me on that. And it may continue into my 50s and 60s for all I know. Mm. I may not ever get another job again. Nick, we'll have to speak to you. But, you know, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I will not believe that. No way. What happened there? Well, it's just, it must be Nicholas' fault. <laughs> <laughs> if you sue me, I've got about 20 euro in the bank. So <laughs> Yeah, you're all right. I'll just take five. I'm only after the five. <laughs> uh, no, come on. We're seeing, We're about to see yeah. season six of Peaky. And then obviously you've yeah. got your, your short film out. So like, we're going to see, this is, this is a big year for you. Yeah, I know this has been great. The movie's um, getting a lot of hype at the minute, but the uh, Oscars coming up. Um, um, again, I'm not reading too much into all that because I don't. But the last time this happened, we went on to win it. It was the Shore, um, ten years ago. And this year, I I've done a movie with a, a company in Bordeaux, um, a French company, which has been amazing. And it's based on 9/11, and it's mm-hmm. called Free Fall. And 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 we're going for it. We're you know we've won a lot of festivals. We've won a lot of um, awards out there with it. It's not an easy watch. It's very hard. Um, it's it's reality. It's nine eleven, and it's nine eleven through the eyes of people that you haven't seen it from before. I watched it last night, and first of all, I couldn't believe I was so invested in a story that's only like seventeen, eighteen minutes long. Yeah, because yeah, any other short I've watched, I suppose you kind of watch it and you go, okay, and that was good or that was bad or whatever, and you kind of forget it. But I was still thinking about it today because I was like, I won't give away the ending, but. You do go, what yeah. happened there? You know, that kind of way. And yeah. you look at it going, this could very easily be made into a series or a long, longer film. Yeah, well, the, it's based on a novel called Swimming with Sharks. And as we know, 9-11 is, it happened. It's not, you know, um, it's, it's something that happened around the world and, and, and shook the world, to be honest. Um, and doing this movie was very hard because realistically, we, I was alive. We were alive when that happened. The cast were alive. We remember nine eleven, you know. So we remember where we were on that day. We remember the people we we were with. We remember certain moments of the day, and then to find out that it wasn't an accident, that was a terrorist attack. That took like you know a, a matter of like, time process and shock and watching the TV. And there was a group of guys in London that decided to do something because they thought there was a problem, a big problem. And that's these guys. And I was invested in those guys as much as I didn't enjoy playing the character. He's not a nice character. He's an evil person. He's a bully. He's the, he's the office room bully, which, you know, we have, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. and they're out there. And, and I wanted to make him as much as a, a bully as possible. I wanted to make this character the type of guy that you would want to slap rather than hug no matter how good of a performance he does. And that's the type of reality that I tried to bring to it um, with Cooper. And I really enjoyed uh, the 17, 18 minutes that we had to do that. I, like when you say that, like I when the, you watch the footage of the first plane, and even though we've seen yeah. it millions of times at this stage in you know, 20 years now, I remember just being like, hold on, I, goes back, I go instantly back to where I was when I first saw it. 
And then you see this completely different side of 9-11 where we've all seen the movies and stuff and the TV shows have reacted like the first responders in New York and America and, you know, all that kind of stuff. This is seen, it's not in America, it's in the UK, it's in London, it's stockbrokers, you're going... How's this? How are they affected? Well, the difference, the difference is because we have seen 9-11 in reality mm-hmm. and real life happening and we have seen lots of documentaries in the world about 9-11 and lots of conspiracies and we've also seen then lots of other things from 9-11 being done, other movies from from that time of of of, of uh, year. And the, the different, I, that's what I loved about this is that London isn't New York. It was a different time zone and the rest of the world were stuck watching the TV and watching this all unfold Mm. except these guys in this office that decided to, and one of them in particular, decided that this, you know, he thinks this is a a terrorist attack and there could be serious repercussions for everyone. So that's what the, the movie is and it's we just haven't seen that. Nobody's thought about that. Nobody's been you know, with all due respect, I still won't think about it. When you mentioned 11 I'm thinking about the people and the lives and mm. people jumping off the building trying to save themselves. And I remember that. And I always will. And when that's in the background, it's hard to film something and feel the opposite. It's very hard. And that was a very hard movie to shoot. And it's very dark. But we're very proud to do it because it's reality. And we're very proud to do it because it's it's based on the novel and the, on the truth of it, which is swimming with sharks, and that's exactly what these guys are. You know, was it like I know you say it was hard to film? Was it kind of also fun being a bit of an asshole as well? Because you know, I suppose you know, um, playing yeah, a bit I mean, of a I dick. had yeah, I had a few people that, that I brought to it, you know, <laughs> that I know that are assholes uh, in <laughs> furnace, but um. Uh, yeah, name and shame. Nobody that, messing. <laughs> that was ground, um, and I'm certainly not doing that. But you know, listen, I, I get into it because I get into it. I get into it because I fell in love with the characteristics of of what we were doing and who he was as a person. Uh, Emmanuel, the director, had a perfect vision and painted it. And as much as at times we were trying to go against it at certain times because we're actors and we're trying to work together to find this, he was adamant, which was great. And he told us that. And and we've come up with this amazing short movie, which is great. And was it your idea or was it theirs to keep your own accent in it? Because, you know, we are used to hearing you put on the different accents, but it was your idea, was it? Yeah, I decided to keep the accent. I spoke to a few friends and and they sort of encouraged me to do that because it's not New York, it's London. And, and, And this is good, this is raw. And I wanted to be as raw as possible with the character, so... Mm. Um, it was a decision that I made to bring it and they loved it you know, which is great yeah because we do obviously like anyone who uh, only knows you from Peaky will think will think that your accent is the Johnny Dog's accent <laughs> <laughs> I know I've had people saying stop pretending to be a Belfast guy when you're not even from here and I'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> you know and they're like and they're convinced that your accent is what they hear on TV but that's that's cool yeah. Well, see, they they watch it in King of the Travelers, and then they watch his Johnny Dogs, and they're like, "That's his accent." Mm. And then you come along, and you're like speaking as normal, and they're like, "What's this?" Yeah. yeah, it's also float like a butterfly as well. I like to also think that I put a slight different twang on them accents. Johnny Dogs is slightly different than King of the Travelers. There's a lot more color and flow in his mm. talking compared to the straight and narrow of the Traveler accent. Just 
I'm not going to do it. I nearly did it there. But, you <laughs> it's know, like, oh, it's it. It's, 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 it's happening. You know, here, here he comes. Here he comes. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> did you have friends who were in the traveling community then that you picked from? Did you just, how did you pick it up? I because have family in the traveling I have family in the traveling community. I am part of a traveling community. I'm part of a traveling family. And um, I spoke to them. I mean, with the help of of just the ear of listening to them and then going down and staying with John Connors and Peter for a bit in the campsites really helped us get into character, you know, which was great and helped oh us get the, the tone of it, you know. I'd say it's some crack with, uh, with John and Peter down the, down the Oh, we did. But we we'll not be revealing that here now today. You understand? I'll, I'll press pause and record it. You can film me. No, you will not. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'd say it had some crack there because like, to, because you have it down so perfect, that's why I thought you must have people around you that it's not just from watching TV, let's say, and picking up the accent. No, but it's slightly different. Look, Dublin's accent is slightly different than a traveller accent. It's not, mm. you know, just a southern accent. So I, I like to spend time with the accents and then I like to go through my stuff on my own time with the accent and not necessarily by reading the script as such, but... I, I, being me just talking around myself I go out for a walk and I'll I'll talk I'll see a car coming I'll try and see the, the colour of the car or the registration but in that accent because you know that's that's how easy it can be caught is the accent can go off if you're not aware of the level that you can take it to mm-hmm. so I like to do that so I, I'm, I'm not amazing at them listen Killian's fantastic at accents Tom Hardy's lethal at accents you know listen these guys are at a different level when it comes to the accents I'm just you know I'm like the wee toy poodle behind them just you know trying to pick up some of the uh, vibe that's coming through you know oh my god Killian's cool. Birmingham accent I first of all the Birmingham accent is just awful so it's just so, like my friend lives there and I'm like this accent is just so like this I, I'm good with the Birmingham accent I love it I think it's great I also think um, the, the London accent's great in it there's different accents Piggy Brenders is based in Birmingham but there's so many characters that are not you know it's not just all Birmingham there's so much in there you know Russians Americans Irish Scottish it's great I don't know what you're talking about. There's no Irish and Peaky Blinders. Every second actor is Irish and Peaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. loads. There yeah, yeah. Which is great. Which is great. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Taking over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here to was take it, over. <laughs> was it Stevens then the idea to do the, the traveller accent or was it was that written in the character when you went and auditioned for Johnny? Oh no, that's the that was the character. That was in the oh. that was in the script. Yeah, it's his vision and what he wanted. I just tried to uh, take it off the page and make it as much reality as possible. It's an incredible journey you've had over the last 10 years and the fact that now we're, we're gearing up for this last series. It's The one thing about Peaky Blinders is, and I say this all the time, is it's the one show that everyone will wait a week to watch and will sit down and watch it. Yeah, they will. But let me tell you now, this is, this is, this is incredible. It's going to be very, very, very good. Um, listen, I don't want to say anything other than that. I can't. I don't want to give anything away. I really don't. It's uh, very, 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 very proud to be part of anything to do with this cast and to stand on set uh, when we were going through such a hard time after losing a very, very good cast member um, and to be able to, uh, you know, spread her love 
with with us and and make sure that we we kept the high level of work there. The cast are incredible. Killian is unreal on and off uh, set, and he leads by example. And, and we just follow. And there's some incredible new cast members this year. Um, it's no big secret. Stephen Graham's with us this year. And what an absolute joy and honour to have him anywhere near uh, our set. It was perfect, incredible. Um, and I don't want to give too much of it away, but, you know, it's the finale. But it's took 10 years to get here. So it's going to be very special and very good. I just tell people to strap in because... <laughs> they're going to need to. <laughs> it's a show, though, that I wouldn't want any spoilers from. Like, I love watching it week by week. I love going at the end. I can't believe I had to wait a week to find out, you know, and yeah, the fact that we've yeah. had to wait this extra length of time. Yeah, but what's great about that is that you spend the week talking about it to other people who have seen yeah. it. So you'll come across people going, no, oh, no, 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 don't mess, don't spoil nothing. Nothing. I'd be watching all six of them when they're out. All six, all I record, Sky Plus, all that, done, done. And you've got people saying, I can't wait to next week because, and they're, then that's one big circle of people and they're in the hype of it. But the reason why it just continues is because there's so many people do watch it in one big binge mm. and then they continue to talk about it. And like, I'm meeting people now saying they've only started watching it two, three weeks ago when they're mesmerized by it. And, you know, they only live around the corner from me. I'm like, <laughs> crazy, you know, you know. Crazy, but and they didn't even know I was in it, you know, which is even better, <laughs> which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, so th- this is a great one this year. Well, Ando, the director, is unreal, he is a rock, a solid rock, uh, of, of helping us uh, maintain emotion but bring pure magic to the screen. And he done that in ways I can't even, I can't even put in the words. Um, he is one hell of a director. You know, yeah. he really, really is. Yeah. It's going to be hard for us as fans, as you mentioned, like obviously with Helen uh, gone. And I can't understand how, or I can't even imagine what that was like for you guys on set. Like to get the news and to have to carry on and stuff like that as well. And as you said, Killian was a great leader and you followed that way. But I imagine there was many a, an emotional moment for you all. Uh, not just Killian, there was also uh, Sophie leading by example. Um, and, and when these guys are standing there doing that, we fall and we do the exact same. It's just automatic that you do that, you know. You, you know, that's how it is. But it was a very hard emotional shoot. Um, and then uh, on top of of the loss of Helen and the pain and heartache, um, which we we felt, believe me, uh, then, then we had to also deal with the the security and the and the and the the whole control of COVID and trying to film and shoot through that. So it was quite a hard shoot, quite a difficult shoot. Um, but, you know, uh, I think everyone's going to enjoy what what, they, uh, what we've come up with, or, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I follow I know, but this, you know, there's a, there's like a roller coaster and Peaky Brenders in my eyes, and it's like, here, whoop, but I'm going to, I don't know, whoop, but I'm going to, and this year it goes a wee bit like, whoop, <laughs> and then I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I said, me, I don't think anyone's going to get through it by being sick, you know, oh I think God. we're all going to be sick, you know, this is one hell of a roller coaster. I mean, you know, so yeah, are those, are those got us on our toes, and um, he's very good at pushing us to do that. 
And again, Stephen, Nate, the, the writer and the creator and where this all came from, has ideas of what he wants and what he wants to do, but he's 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 given a lot in this last um in this last season. It's incredible. So without mentioning this season, because obviously you can't give us any spoilers, what I suppose has been the kind of peak for you so far in the other five? Like do you is there a moment or a scene or a storyline that you just are like, that was just the feckin' brilliant, most brilliant? No, no, I don't I don't and I, to be honest with you, I'm not the best fan of watching myself on TV. <laughs> don't ask me what that's about. Um so I don't really do that. Um sometimes my best work is not just about the work, but about the, the day that you've had and the people that surround you in that day, which is pure love and joy. Um, all my scenes with Killian are not only an adventure, but an honour. All my scenes with Paul are uh, crazy, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, <laughs> he is of one of my favourites. Yeah. I love, and the, I love and the, Arthur. You know, and of course, an honour. Uh, and, then, and then Sophie. I mean, any scenes where Sophie is just mesmerizing. So, you know, Ned Danahy, scenes with Asians, you know, Aidan Gillen, uh, you know, I, I can't pick one moment over the last 10 years that would be the one favorite part. I'd say most certainly he is my most favorite character that I've ever played in the history of any character that I've ever played for the simple fact is I've had 10 years to play him and um, it's been one hell of a journey, you know. It's my whole entire thirties. I played Johnny Dogs, which is good. It is great. Yeah. Like for, for young you growing up at school, going right. This is going to be my career. And as you say, getting your first play and everything. That's you know your first, your first while working in the bill and on the chef. It must just be surreal to sit back and go now. I've got another film going up for an Oscar, you know, nom, and I'm in. I have a ten year journey that stars the best actors in the business. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, I'm very proud of that. To be honest with you, it's um, it's something that I uh, I hold very close to my heart. But I'm also shooting very higher with ambitions to do a lot more and a lot a lot better at doing that. And every single day you can get better, and every day is a learning day. Um, so I'm, you know, I'd say I'm on the train, but I don't think we've left the station just yet. You know, what are these ambitions? Tell me. I'm not be telling you them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, you've got, I've got, I've got my own dreams that I want to do stuff, and you know, and I keep them my dreams because that's what they are. But there's stuff that I want to do. There's characters out there that I want to play. There's certain people out there that I want to challenge, as in, in in a show or a movie or a series. Um, and there's there's a lot of people out there that I want to still work with that I haven't had the chance to do that. So that's part of the dream process. Piggy Brainers may be 10 years and you look back now and go, wow, how did, you know, but it wasn't then. It was, oh, we're coming back. Oh, you're joking. Oh, and you've got a desk. Oh, am I in it? Oh, great. You know, and then it's coming back for a third season. Goodness. Am I in it? Oh, great. You know, and then, you know, so it's, you know, it wasn't like somebody came in and went, ah, oh, you got this part that's going to last for 10 years. That's, that never happened. Uh, and I don't think that would ever happen in any series or any any job. Um, so that's why it's a bit of a different... Looking back on it, it's a lot easier to look back than looking at what it was back then. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's been an honour. It's, it's just so funny when you say that because automatically when we think of it's a 10-year job, we just think that you got that and everyone knew it was going to be a huge success. And, you know, 
But obviously, as you said, you didn't even know how long your character was going to be in it. And that's surreal now for us. I was cast for one day. One day? Yeah, it's well known. Uh, My character was cast for one day. I had one day's filming. I had two small scenes to do. And and out the door, on the way home, that's it, done. And um, that one day I worked as hard as I work on anything, but it just all gelled as well as it could possibly do. And with Stephen, uh, Nate, um, going back and writing more, he's given me the opportunity to bring me back. And now I've built this relationship with Killian that, you know, he's a friend and not just a gypsy, but somebody spent childhood dreams with before he went to France. And, you know, I'm the war shy gypsy bastard, as it's called. And, and, it, it, it was always good to try and think of where where were we as friends before you went to France, mm. you know? And why didn't I go, you know? Like, why didn't I go with you? You know, did you did you make me stay? Is that why you're calling me the war side? So we went through all these different things when we were shooting that one scene. And that's whenever the whole act just fell in a beautiful place, you know? Yeah, which has been great. And created something that's lasted, and clearly that that one day you went in your best behaviour, you did it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'm not give up the day job, Mike. Well, put it that way, you know. Well, I hear you've got um, a little friend with you on set this time round, uh, someone very I close do. to you. I do. I have my daughter who came with me for uh, a little bit, and had the opportunity of doing a little bit on the show, which you'll see, and. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. It was great, you know, travelling over with her. And again, we were going through COVID and, you know, it was a bit of an emotional time. And she was just a bundle of energy and joy. And uh, Anando loved her. And that was great. So she's there. She's uh, had a wee bit of a, a part in that, which is brilliant. But I, 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 I don't care how big or how small her part is. It was the fact that I could go to work with her. It was incredible. You know, she's 13. She wants to be a... Uh, an actress and um, and rightly so who am I to I'm going to do my best to try and help her you know and that's an amazing thing because as you've said before you didn't get the support straight away when you wanted to do it so to, to fast forward a few years and to be the person supporting her no questions yeah. going come on let's I'll show you what's done yeah well well sort of there's also a point of me going, I don't want to do that because I'm not a girl and you know, I'm a guy, I've done it a different way. And and again, you know, we're 20 years difference, 25 years difference now compared to when I was trying to do this, you know. So I agree with a bit of what you're saying, but there's also a certain point where I've got to step back and let her do her own decisions in life and let her make her own choices. And, and, and I don't like to say this, but it's true, but the failures in life make us who we are. And sometimes it's, you know, that's the reality of it. But anyway. Have you have you spoken to her about that? But the the as you talk yeah. about the rejection, yeah, massively all the time. I have to, and she knows if I go for a job and I don't get it, I'll tell her. It happens, you know. That's the way it is. You're up for a job and you're thinking this is my this is my job, you know. Mm. This is me, <laughs> and it's not. And you're up for another job and you're going, I don't think this is me, and it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it happens, you know. It's just ridiculous sometimes, you know. But anyway. I honestly don't know how you deal with the rejection. I'm I'm way too sensitive. I this is why I could never like don't do take it. Anything, just don't take it too personal. You know that's what you got to do. You know, I, I mean, think, I mean one of my, you come out and say, "Look, listen, no, I never got that because I'm got my ears pinned back." 
I mean, well, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, I look at him, his, his, you know, his ears are too big, or, you know, she's not the size of forehead in him. You no, know, not at all. Don't, that's, don't get that out of your head. Just, it didn't work, it didn't fit. You don't, you're, you, a very good friend of mine who's a director, a very good director, says to me, listen, it's a jigsaw puzzle. And you have to fit all that wee part. And you can't just force that in. You've got to fit. And that's when the work comes into play. So if you get it, that means you fit. And if you don't get it, that means the jigsaw's wrong. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> this is all wrong. Somebody's designed this wrong. It'd be a mistake. <laughs> oh, no. I would be, see, I'd be the person that'd end up searching my name on Twitter and being like, oh, well, they said this, this, this. I just, uh, I'd be, no, I can't be doing that. I can't be doing that at all. No, no. Anyway. I'd be like, okay. I'd be like Killian, no social media whatsoever, just so I could never see anything about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he might have social media just under somebody else. You never know. You oh, never Jesus, know. no, Pat. How do you know he's not on my social media? <laughs> I'm, I'm on your social media. Nah, nah, I'm only, <laughs> listen, I'm very, uh, listen, Killian does not do social media, nor does he want to. You know what I mean? Listen, that's just the way he is and mm. and the way he likes to stay. And, and rightly so, you know. If somebody at his level uh, um, would be tortured with yeah. all due respect and do get tortured with all due respect. So I understand his privacy and privacy. But listen, he won't make me saying this. There's a big difference between me and Killian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we're not talking says. <laughs> but my ears seem to be bigger. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a great friend, great guy, leads by example, like I said, and it's um, a joy to watch him work, but it's also a joy to work with him. Mm. Um, and yeah, maybe so he doesn't have social media, but some of the other guys do, and it's great crack uh, having a little message with him and some banter, which is cool. You know? Well, like I don't know if you heard, I was listening to Jamie Carragher's um, podcast at Roy Keane. And he was talking about, Roy Keane was talking about the one and only time he asked somebody for a selfie and Jamie Carragher was talking about how he asked Killian for a selfie once. I was on yeah, the set of yeah. Peaky and he said, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> no, I think it was, it was not Gary, it was Gary Neville. Oh, Gary Neville, that's who it was, yeah. Gary, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was there. I was you there. You were there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was there. Yeah, it was, you know, it happened. And then the following week we had like birds on stuff came down, a few others from the Liverpool squad. But listen, he doesn't do it. He doesn't mean any disrespect by anybody. He's just, you know, he, he doesn't want photographs and he doesn't want them being plastered all over the place. He's a very private man. Um, and that's that's just it, you know. And then the other guys I work with are sometimes the same, you know. They maybe have social media, but they won't put too much on there either, you know. Sort of what they do. I've seen on your social media, you and Virgil are like best friends. Hi, Virg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's good. He's a good lad. He's great crack. He's good. He's very good at tanning with me. Um, and I like to keep the banter going with him. But, you know, he's he's a, a great fan of the show, but also a good friend. And one that's, um, you know, you have to enjoy uh, texting and again because he's a very funny lad. He's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> When you mentioned it before, I let it go. But when you mentioned about great leaders, obviously about Killian, but you also do you get that you are a great representative and a leader, I suppose, for young Irish actors to have come up at a time when acting wasn't respected like it is now, even, and to break through all these parts and get all these different parts and get the big ones and go for the Oscars and stuff like that. Like 
you're someone that young actors are now looking up to. Um, I, I don't, I don't ever look at it like that at all. I mean, like I, I look up to the other actors around me, even the likes of Cometh Hill. He's one of my heroes. Um, and Jimmy Nesbitt in Furnace as well. I, I worked with Jimmy and Cometh in London in Shoot the Crow uh, in the West End, which is a great show. And um, these are the type of guys that I'd watched. So for you to say, look, listen, you think people look up to you, I, I hope not is my answer, to be honest, because... You know, there's other bigger people out there that are up to than me. I'm looking up to these people, you know, and I continue to look up to these people. So I don't look at myself as a role model at all. Um, I'm just honest. That's who I am. And people will know if I'm doing a job or they won't know. And I don't hide away. Uh, I have no need to. Um, and I know it could all end in a heartbeat. So I just enjoy and live the dream is what I do. And that's my motto. Like that. You know, not that's that I have way. a tattoo. Right? Like I don't do tattoos <laughs> unless I have to for a job. <laughs> that's the best way to do them. Have them on, but you can take yeah. them off. Yeah, just stick them on there. Look, although not really. Sometimes trying to get them off is a nightmare. Anyway, oh good. Yeah, <laughs> but it's better than the ones that I have that'll never come off. So you know, if I ever decide, well, that's just I don't want it. I just just didn't want to get any calls. So I remember working with a guy years ago, and he got the job. And he was got a job with me working on this. And he had a big part. I don't want to go into it all, but he, he, you know, he took his top off. And they went right, okay. So we're going to get somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, you can't do that. He's an actor. He, can you not? And I went, Look, listen, we haven't got the budget to cover them up. Get out. <laughs> and at that moment onwards, I said to myself, I'd never get the tattoo ever. <laughs> we won't but, see little know, Johnny Dogs on your arm or anything like uh, that. You know, I don't know, maybe, you know, listen, if it all goes well with that sauce for you, you might see one of them on your arm. So, you never yes. know. You never there know. you go. Where can people no, watch Not Freefall? really, Nicola, I'm joking. I'm I know, joking, I know. Uh, where yeah. can people watch Freefall now? Because obviously I have had my link, but where can people go and see it themselves? Uh, so it's on YouTube at the minute with the company that's sponsored called Amelito, uh, O-M-E-L-L-T-E-O, I think. Don't quote me on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, it's on YouTube until like the 3rd of December, I think. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's been doing okay, I think. Um, but again, I, I, don't, I don't look at all them stuff. I just, you know, uh, I'll, I'll promote it as much as possible. We did the job a while ago. Um, I hope people watch it. And, you know, uh, it's not realistically a thing you can say. I hope they enjoy it. it. I hope you don't enjoy it. I hope I hope you're mesmerized and, and brought in like you were within three or four minutes where you forget it's a short movie. And at the end of the movie, you go, what? Is, the, is, it, is that it? Is, it, is, the, is the TV working? something break here what's happened so and I love that moment because that means people have bought into it mm-hmm. uh, whereas if you're watching it and you're looking at your clock thinking right, what pains this over at you know it's not something that's going to interest people so I don't think people will love it I think it will definitely um, intrigue them I think mm-hmm. people will want to see it because it is dark and it is true and these things happen and just remind yourselves of that when you're watching it um and a lot of festivals enjoy it for that reason. We're tackling a very hard subject and a very hard pain from a group of people that didn't have anything to do with anything, but there's serious rewards or repercussions depending on um, from it, you know, which is the movie Freefall. 
I'll definitely share a link for it and show people where they can go and watch it and stuff. And as I said, you won't enjoy it, but you will be at the end going, what the hell? Yeah, you'll want more. You'll want to see more. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll be embroiled in it. I hope that's the case. But yeah, you, you couldn't put it in better words. Well, you've been a superstar for keeping for talking this long. I can't believe how long I've left. Yeah. I've kept you. Right, Nicola, I'm not slagging you, but there's people outside my hotel room, and I know for a fact they're waiting on me, and I'm at to be in a tuxedo in like fourteen months. But anyway, go go go. Good. <laughs> yes, they'll be all good I'll be ready in minutes you know what I mean this is the joy but, of being yeah. a man god damn you I know I know I know well I didn't say I'd be ready ready you know but I'll be <laughs> getting ready you know um, <laughs> yes but listen my pleasure but well, it's great seeing you you Hope too well. can you yeah, come over yeah. Ireland and when it kind of opens up again I'll bring you for a pint or something and we don't I have to know, talk with I any know, recording I know. I know I was in Dublin 48 hours ago but yeah I'll be back soon I'll be back soon too. Well, yeah. drop me a message okay. and it'd be lovely to see you. Brilliant. Nicholas, thanks very All much right. for having me. No soon. worries. Cheers. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye bye. That was the incredible Packy Lee, aka Johnny Dogs, aka star of so many different things. But of course, we're just going to mention Freefall, which is why he was um, able to chat to me this week doing the promo. And it was just lovely to speak to him and to chat all about. My favorite show on the planet. Um, two, I have two favorite shows: Law and Order SVU and uh, Piggy Blinders. Very different shows, but amazing, both equally. And someday I will get another SVU star onto this. Um, if you haven't heard already, I do have a chat with uh, Peter Scanavino, plays Carisi. It's from my old podcast, and if you do want to hear that, just search Nicola Barden into Spotify or um, into Apple, or put in you know Peter Scanavino and come up. So. Or message me and I'll send you the link. Um, but yeah, it was so class to talk to Packy and um, actually like on video and like last time we spoke on the phone and um, yeah, just having the crack and like getting to hear about Killian and all that. And obviously to discuss Helen McCrory passing away, which was obviously a complete tragedy and for us not knowing and not knowing she was unwell. And, you know, anyone who's a fan of Peaky Blinders can't even imagine how it can go on without Aunt Polly. So um, I'm sure they have an amazing tribute plan for her in this season. Um, so I'm really intrigued to see how they do that and excited. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be really emotional and sad. But also I'm sure Anthony Byrne has done it in the best way possible. Anyway, I'm going to let you go. Um, if you, simply because my dog is running around squeaking toys and like running past me. If you have some spare time to scroll back and see if there's an episode that you would like to listen to. Um, this is my first week on Acast. I've been on a different platform before now, so I'm really excited to see how that goes. Uh, if you are on Apple, please do leave a review, like, subscribe, the usual crap, all the podcasts say, look, you know what to do. Uh, but come find me on Instagram, um, well, tis yourself, or on Twitter, same. And just let me know what you thought of the interview. And uh, of course, Packy is on Instagram, on Twitter himself. So go find Packy Lee on Instagram and on Twitter. Listen, good luck to yourselves. I hope you all have a great weekend. Wrap up warm and um, I will chat to you soon. Slongful. Bye.